Welcome to episode 198 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the Crunch Time Closers edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, computer genius, a gentleman and a scholar, and one of Jacksonville Jaguars' biggest fans, and he's busy watching the game right now. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? I am doing great, Phil. And of course, uh, first Monday night game in Jacksonville, Florida in 12 years. First time they've been on Monday night football in 12 years since 2011. I know what you're doing back then. I was in high school, so it's pretty exciting to see this finally. Uh, but uh, just a good time there. Of course, uh, we'll talk about uh, the truck series and uh, the Xfinity series there and the crunch time that happened there. But of course, our fantasy league crunch time here with uh, one week left uh, in the regular season for fantasy before the playoffs start and both got to try to get in that. So uh, ready to t- uh, go and talk about all of that. Yeah, definitely. We'll recap Cole Custer and everything that went on in the Xfinity series in 2023, most competitive of the three major NASCAR series. I'll uh, talk about Ben Rhodes becoming a two-time truck series champion and joining elite company with uh, the likes of Ron Hornaday, Jack Sprague, Todd Bodine as repeat champions. We'll uh, we'll get into more details in both series, of course. We'll talk about Week 13, which saw the San Francisco 49ers open a can on the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now playing on Monday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. In 2011, I was in college and I was celebrating Tony Stewart winning his championship. That's what I remember about 2011. Uh, that that's really about it. Uh, uh, because they, the, yeah, I, I really couldn't remember to tell you what I did anything outside of 2011. I was like one, like two more sem- I was two semesters away from finishing college, actually. So there's that. Uh, we'll get in it. We'll talk about the snowball derby and the roundup. We'll also. Uh, give a recap of Extreme E, their season finale in Chile. Um, get into any into other news that uh, took place across the world of motorsports. Uh, the defending Cup Series champion will have a new spotter. Uh, so we'll talk about that and uh, more. And we'll get into Josh's sim segment, things going on in iRacing and gaming, and uh, we'll close the deal. So yeah, I mean the. Xfinity Series season, you look at how it went for a good amount of it. It was mostly about John Hunter Nemechek driving for Joe Gibbs Racing. And um, you had Austin Hill for uh, RCR. They were the dominant figures early in the season. And granted, John Hunter Nemechek was the dominant guy throughout the vast majority of the season put himself in a position to possibly uh, win win uh, an elusive championship similar to what he did when he was in the truck series with Kyle Busch. Um, won seven races more than anybody. Had more second most stage wins on the season. Uh, but in the end, uh, Cole Custer with uh, consistency and uh, performing in the clutch, especially at Phoenix, became a Xfinity Series champion, uh, basically after getting the in some in a lot of ways demoted from the Cup Series back to Xfinity, he responded. It was it was slow at the start of the year trying to get the cars 
to a point where to be competitive. Um, really didn't have any help from his teammate in uh, Riley Herbst. And uh, Riley Herbst, of course, didn't even make the playoffs. But Custer ended up winning on uh, road courses. He won at Portland after uh, Parker Kligerman cleaned out Sheldon Creed uh, late in that race. And then Custer qualified on pole at Chicago in the streets and whatever, however many laps of that race that actually took place. It was basically all under yellow. And um, they called the race off and Custer ended up with that victory. But he would be, he was uber consistent otherwise um, throughout the season. And he gave himself a chance to uh, advance through the playoffs um, as every round went on. Um, while other drivers or other teams were struggling or putting themselves in bad positions. Uh, we look at the the year for him, three wins, 14 top fives, and 21 top tens, uh, six poles. Uh, that leads the uh, series. He led 586 laps, uh, average start of 6.2, which is the highest, of course. Well, when you have six poles, that's that will happen. And then... He also, he had an average finish of 10.8, which is basically, what is it, the fourth best finishing average uh, amongst regulars. And he ran at the finish of 31 of the series, 33 races, 26 of those on the lead lap. So Cole Custer uh, put himself in position um, on a weekly basis to have a chance. And that's really what uh, stood out there. I mean, will uh, Bristol, yeah, that Bristol was the start of the playoffs, right? Yeah, and they, he qualified on pole there, finished fourth. He had three, yeah, he had uh, the first round was solid, all top ten finishes. Then he got a third place finish at Vegas, qualified on the pole at Homestead, but struggled and finished 14th or 13th, a lap down. And then um, as uh, Jacksonville Scores, uh, scores a touchdown with Evan Ingram. That's good for me uh, because I have both. Uh, good for me too. Yeah, because uh, I have Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram in my dynasty. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I'm seeing, well, I guess I'm delayed, but whatever. Yeah. So that's yeah. fine. I can see oh, how sorry. it happens. No, you're good. Yeah. But um, no, I, I had I had Ingram on the bench. I signed him in. Sam Laporta and took Laporta because they had a slightly harder, higher projection, but it's good, good pick there. Finally, Ingram gets his first touchdown on the season, though. Yeah, good timing for it, and um, in a in a game where you guys want to impose your will and uh, start basically getting ready to try to go and possibly get that number one seed um, there. And I mean, speaking of number one seeds, it took Cole Custer putting it in reverse and crossing the line in 19th to get into the final four uh, after the incident that we'll talk about a little later when we're talking about Austin Hill. But when push came to shove and he needed to perform, he led 96 laps at Phoenix of the races 202 and 1 and won that championship with Tony Stewart on the pit box. So Cole Custer's been a guy that has been a... Uh, the dude that's been around for a bunch of years as a young gun, uh, talented driver. Yes, his dad being the best friend of Gene Haas has 
played a role in his, uh, uh, I guess, rise through the ranks, but he also has shown talent and ability to win races. He even won a race in the Cup Series. So he gets dropped back down to the Xfinity Series. The round of the round of eight was not pretty for him, but he was able to persevere and get himself in a position. And by doing that, he was able to get uh, that championship in a year that Stuart Haas Racing was definitely one of the worst organizations in all of NASCAR. So, um, I mean, for Cole Custer, it's a huge deal for him and for his career. Who knows what's, what it'll be like. I think uh, the way that Stuart Haas Racing is kind of angling, he probably will be back up there you know, in 2025, I would think, uh, more than likely. Uh, because, you know, like I know that they have a lot of invested in Chase Briscoe. They do like Ryan Priest, and it sounds like they're going to have Noah Gagson in the 10 car and then Josh Berry up there in the four cars. So they're going to they're going to be working on that as a long term uh, deal there. So there might be an opportunity there, uh, whether it's Ryan Priest's car or the 10 car for Cole Custer to come back up. But then also if they go and make an alliance, which I mean, I don't know who they'd make an alliance with at this point because Rick Ware Racing is connected to RFK. But Cole Custer, though, put himself in the mix and he showed the kind of talent and the the possibilities and potential that uh, he has there in, in that race, Josh. And he went and closed when it mattered most. Yeah, Cole Custer had a you know really interesting season. Um, many races where you know he led laps uh but you know had races where he couldn't quite finish you know look at uh Fontana uh led 46 laps there and had a good run but ended up finishing a lap down in 27th um you know look all the way at the end of the year at Homestead I I was there uh at that race and um he had the best car in that one but ends up getting into the wall and getting a flat tire and you know finishes off the lead lap uh there is still 13th but um, had a win there and of course all the positives that he had throughout the season like winning at Portland where you know he had a good run there throughout the race uh, and just was able to capitalize on on his position and, and won at Portland and then Chicago I mean it was a debacle and everything but you know um, with with how that race ended but um, he was the guy in front when it counted and got the win and then of course going into Phoenix and gets the win there to win the championship. So, um, for Cole Custer really just, you know, he won at the right times, uh, during the season, uh, for him and maybe, maybe not the best driver in the Xfinity series. Maybe you can argue that say John Hunter Nemechek, uh, had a better overall season, but, you know, Cole Custer won, uh, when it counted the most. So, um, you know, that's kind of embodiment of, you know, this playoff format. So, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say, you know, and, like old formats, whether he would have won, but in this format, you know, it uh, works out for him. So you have that going for him. And then of course, you know, you mentioned the Stuart Haas racing, their performance this year. I mean, it, it does say a lot for Cole Custer with the year that he had, or his career that he had had in cup and then uh, going uh, back down to the Xfinity series. And we've seen what he could do it before in the Xfinity series and go back to uh, this car uh, and this team and, 
um, goes out and wins a championship while, you know, the rest of the Stuart Haas organization underperforms. It does, it does say a lot there, but at the same time, um, you, you know, shows the progress that he's made, uh, in, in this, um, you know, in, in this series. So we'll see if he can leapfrog, uh, his way, you know, back into the cup series in the next couple of years as seats open up. Uh, you know, we'll see if he's able to get into a quality ride, whether that's outside his organization now or or not. So it's going to be interesting to see what um, what he's able to do, or if he's you know, if if not, maybe he's just better overall uh, fit in the Xfinity Series here uh, for Stuart Haas. Yeah, that's something we're gonna have to see. I mean, obviously, he's going to come back to defend his championship. Uh, the Cup opportunities are not really there. Uh, I think he'll probably uh, be in the 15 uh, Rick Ware car next year because they use a, a bunch of different drivers. So I think he will be one of those drivers in that car. Um, so that's to be determined. Uh, but, but, I mean, went out there and did what he had to do uh, to get a, a championship uh, for Stuart Haas and get himself out of that uh you know the realm of you know has he is did, has he performed well enough to justify his situation uh or not and he has uh he did it this year so it's something that will um keep keep into or keep as um keep in mind or focus on as we move forward uh into 2024 20, uh, um, another person that uh, we're going to talk about is uh, John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, I mentioned him. He had seven wins on the season, more than anybody else. Uh, had the most top fives of anybody in the series with 17 and tied with Hill with 24 top 10 finishes. You know, led over 1,000 laps, uh, had an average finish of 9.5. Uh, average start 8.1 ran lead lap finishes were 29 races um was running at the finish of 30 but in the end just as what happened to him in the truck series in the final race after having a dominant uh season uh fell short and had issues at phoenix and wasn't able to close the deal uh fell uh, ended up finishing fourth in points now of course for john hunter nemechek he already knew that he was going to move on to uh, the Legacy Motor Club and to drive the 42 car in 2024 as a teammate to Eric Jones as uh, Legacy Motor Club moves to Toyota. Um, we'll talk about one of the owners of Legacy Motor Club and Maury Gallagher later on in terms of the truck series, but uh, Jimmy Johnson after decades of being connected to Chevrolet, um, was able to go and uh, connect with Toyota to try and to become that third organization, the first non-Gibbs organization in a while, to be connected to Toyota um, because 2311 essentially is, you know, um, an extension of Gibbs anyways because of Denny and all. But John Hunter Nemechek has shown... Uh, and an ability to perform in the regular season, but when it comes down to the late late in the season and needing to close, it has not 
uh, went very well for him. Um, he, he, had, I mean, granted, he, what is it here? Yeah, finish. Okay. So he was able to, in the round of, round of 12, uh, go and get a victory at Texas, finished third at Bristol, um, and finished eighth at, uh, the Roval. And then, um, he was, and he had, he, Blocked himself in with a second and third place finish at Vegas and Homestead. Didn't win, but he was involved in all the wrecks and stuff because of the way the the race ended at Martinsville. The 18th place finish probably wasn't indicative of where he had run, but at Phoenix, he started third and he finished 28th. And um, you wonder, I mean... Is it a thing where he's not able to close on in in pressure situations? He showed earlier in the playoff that he could, um, because I don't even remember what he did in the truck series if he had actually had a, a a good playoff that last year. He was in the truck series or not? Um, but either way, Josh. I mean, we look at John Hunter Nemechek. He's moving back up to the Cup series. Was trying to join his father as a champion in the. Xfinity series and um, was unable to uh, for whatever reason, but he's going to be moving up and uh, he'll be taking Ben Bayshore with him to the Cup Series as well. But what do you, um, what were your um, takeaways from John Hunter's season? He's, I mean, he won more races than anybody. At times, he looked unbeatable, uh, but once we got late into the the playoffs, that air of invincibility um started to they they started to be chinks in the armor and um unfortunately he wasn't able to get the job done yeah john hunter nemechek you know once again kind of had a very similar performance to what he had in the truck series with how his wins and uh season stacked up and he makes it once again to the final race in Phoenix with the chance to close and win the title uh, and everything. I mean, he's not as quite as dominant as in the truck series, but still overall solid season. And for him, uh, you know, he came out in Phoenix and uh, I, I think, you know, he probably started out okay, but you know, as the race went on, they just didn't quite have the car uh, to be able to compete with uh, Cole Custer uh, and the other uh uh, playoff uh, contenders so um for him uh you know it's kind of a disappointing end to his season uh had a chance you know to close out but doesn't you know doesn't get out the the way that he should have so it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to that uh this upcoming season here or well in the cup series i guess uh especially a Le- legacy motor club uh team that's kind of kind of had its ups and downs, uh, was on the rise going into 2023, but 2024, they're kind of, kind of, uh, in a rebuild mode sort of with Toyota. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he, uh, responds to that being in the cup series. Um, and if, you know, he can kind of grow into the driver that he's shown in most of his career and, you know, compete, uh, for, you know, top fives and top tens, or at least finish in the top 20 here in the, uh, the cup series. So, um, just a interesting season, but you know, for whatever reason, they, uh, just have never been able to close here in the, uh, you know, the championship four uh, round of the playoffs. So, um, be interesting to see if that trend continues, uh, should he, you know, get into a good situation here in the cup series, um, you know, if ever, but we'll have to see if that 
uh, ends up playing out. So um, still a solid season, uh, nothing to be ashamed for uh, for John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's, he's, you give him the kind of equipment that he's had uh, with Kyle Busch Motorsports and the trucks and Joe Gibbs and the Xfinity Series, and he proves he's a wheel man. Um, he might be a little over aggressive, but uh, he's proven that he can win. So there's that's half the battle. If you're getting into that type of equipment, you have to win, and he has shown that he can. Um, being able to close all the way, um, a different story late in the series. I'm just checking in in 2021, the year that he was pretty dominant. He won five races, 12 top five, 16 top tens uh, in, in uh, 22 races, uh, running at the finish of 20 of them lead lap finish in 18 finished four points behind ben rhodes uh for the series championship that year um zane smith finished ahead of him as well so um john under had won five of the first i think 13 races on the truck series and after that that was at Pocono was his last win in the end of june from that point on he didn't win the rest of the season um so that kind of speaks to some of the questions um wasn't able to get through but we'll see what happens with john under nemechek now that he's going to the cup series the other team that was involved uh like hendrick motorsports in the cup series with two drivers represented was junior motorsports and uh justin allgaier the wiley veteran and trying yet again to get that elusive championship and his young teammate Sam Mayer uh, having a breakout campaign in 2023 uh, had gone through the summer there without a win still had been winless after uh, over 100 something starts uh, beef with his beef with uh, Ty Gibbs continues and I think it'll continue for the rest of time but I think we we can look at Junior Motorsports one with these two guys in the playoffs. I mean, Justin Allgaier gets to the final four. I don't know how many years it's been he's gotten into this spot and uh, just hasn't been able to get it all together uh, at a track, which is one of his better racetracks. I think Sam Mayer, the future is there for him. He has, he has time. I don't think at the end of the day he's really worried as much about going and winning a championship as trying to go and get the finances together along with his dad's company or whatever to get up to the cup series since there are limited rides uh these days as it is so mayor ended up going and having a great uh second half of the season uh starting with uh pocono i mean you could really i mean connect it he had started getting putting things together uh around after a bad uh bad race at charlotte he started putting things together from portland on uh utilized the road courses to take advantage um finished fifth at atlanta not outside of top 20 at loudon second at pocono in a race where one of his teammates should have won and then he started kind of putting things together there a uh, run of what is that five consecutive top five finishes with two wins two second place finishes there um and that was on road courses and oval flat ovals then he had a rough 
rough patch uh, after Watkins Glen leading into the playoffs needed uh, a needed a backdoor's way into the next round one at the Roval to get in. Then he won his first career oval race at Homestead, uh, led 46 laps there, um, had issues, got wrecked in one of the 84 wrecks that took place at the end of the Martinsville race and uh, had to move his way up, but ended up uh, fifth at Phoenix. We'll go and look at uh, Justin Allgaier. I mean, for Allgaier and Mayer, I mean, Allgaier's been the, uh, a man of consistency for many, many years. He won, both of them won four races. Uh, Allgaier had 15 top fives to Mayer's 13, 20 top tens to Mayer's 19, three poles for Allgaier. Uh, led 643 laps. Sam Mayer only 177. The uh, qualifying position was five and a half spots better for Allgaier compared to Mayer. And three two and a half spots essentially better in average finish uh ran at the finish of 29 of the 33 races 27 on the lead of those on the lead lap mayor had 26 running at the finish 25 lead lap finishes um but i think we can i was gonna say like we look at all wasn't able to uh close out uh trying to get that championship but in a year where junior motorsports was probably on the back foot they weren't as good as they have been in the past uh you look at uh, josh berry uh whether it was because of being um kind of distracted being a cup a sub having us go and work for all these different organizations if the crew chief changes didn't really work out so well for him um in the end they were off and they didn't have a great year um the jim pullman is close friends with uh justin allgaier that was and they work they've worked together for god knows how many years and have known each other for a long time so if anybody was going to get them over the hump it would be somebody that's been a close friend um marty lindley a legendary uh late model uh driver uh, that was a medicine ball um then um but he's he was able to calm down sam mayor get him into a position where um, he could go and uh, utilize his talent better. Uh, Bruckshot Jones was was a, an abomination for most of the season, uh, then kind of sort of figured it out late in the playoffs around the same time that uh, Riley Herbst woke up. And so Junior Motorsports had an off year, but they had 50% representation in the championship so do we look at it as after what how the year started do we look at it as a um consolidation season that they were that can with what had happened that they they were able to make the most of it or is it a disappointment when you have 50 percent representation uh a year after you had 75 percent representation in the final four and in neither of those cases your guy the the team is holding the hardware up i think it's a little bit of both in their case uh because one you lose noah gregson to the cup series uh in 2023 uh so you replace him with brandon jones not exactly championship material though solid driver uh in the xfinity series um and then josh berry of course didn't win a race 
Um, and then it took until Charlotte for a junior motor sports car to win. Uh, so kind of a consolidation, I would say. And then Sam Mayer kind of took a while for him to break out and he'll finally, uh, break out and he got four wins this year. So, um, in a way kind of consolidating to the two drivers that have been, you know, most reliable for them, but at the same time, you know, for, uh, junior motorsports, um, they weren't quite as good, like you said, as they were in the past, you know, Dale Jr.'s been pretty candid that, you know, they didn't have, uh, as good of speed as what they had hoped to have throughout the year. Um, it, it took him a while for them to get going. He admitted that, um, didn't give Josh Berry the best equipment in his final season in the Xfinity Series. Uh, so, you know, I think it's very disappointing to see Josh Berry not score a win. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, um, it's uh, been uh, kind of seeing what this team is made out of uh, without, you know, some of their star drivers in the past. And, you know, Sam Mayer is beginning to figure it out here in the Xfinity Series and I think probably can carve out a few more years here, um, you know, while he waits on a cup ride to open up. Uh, and have solid results. And of course, Justin Allgaier, the Wiley veteran, as he said, um, still, you know, for many years, you know, perennial uh, championship four finalist, but uh, cannot, you know, break through for whatever reason, had a shot uh, at Phoenix there very late, but uh, Cole Custer was able to beat him on the final restart uh, to get that win. So yeah, just a, just a, a consolidation, I think overall, but, you know, I think those two drivers, uh, we'll have good results uh, in the future. You know, Brandon Jones has got to be able to step it up here uh, in the nine car. And then, uh, you know, for Junior Motorsports, I think next year it's all about getting back into uh, the win column earlier in the season. You know, they struggled throughout uh, the, you know, middle portions or the earlier portions, some of the middle portions of the season. So just about um, getting back up to speed, I think, with Joe Gibbs Racing and, uh, you know, even Stuart Haas to a degree. So um, they, yes, they did have uh, enough guys in the final four, but, you know, they just were never quite truly as dominant as what maybe the numbers uh, show just based on the uh, speed that they had relative to the other top teams here in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, I mean, they were giving up speed to RCR for a good part of the season, and then also Gibbs, uh, which they have gotten one of the guys that was at Gibbs and Sammy Smith to uh, come over and take over the eight car for 2024 uh, to replace Josh Berry at Bruckshot Jones in the nine. All Geyer continues in the seven, and Sam Mir continues in the one. So only uh, one change out of the four. Um, Josh Berry, of course, moving up to drive for Stuart Haas Racing in the four car, replacing the retired Kevin Harvick. So um, we'll see what happens with that and uh, at Junior Motorsports and how they will uh, start out in 2024. Uh, one last person to look at in terms of the championship and the playoff in general was a guy who um, was a solid contender early in the season and then basically kind of disappeared uh late in the season had issues uh, wasn't the same guy uh his attitude also didn't help his cause um fell two positions short of advancing to the final four um at martinsville uh his name is austin hill uh somebody who i think he's got 
he Richard Childress uh, seems to uh, like him a lot. I think he likes the checks he brings to the table. Um, being daddy or mommy's money, uh, he's a super speedway specialist of sorts, but he's not a great teammate, and uh, he proved that on multiple occasions with the way he and uh, Sheldon Creed raced each other you can make the case you can make the case that Sheldon Creed drove over his head in more occasions than not but I also would say that if Austin Hill was a better teammate and actually was looking at the big picture he can back off in certain situations and he could have given himself another chance or given himself an opportunity later on instead he put himself in positions like he did at uh you know at the I mean he he or you mean later in the season at Bristol, which we'll get into. I mean, he started the year out pretty, uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty hot there. Three wins in the first five races, uh, blew an engine at at all at uh, Coda, and then uh, ninth place finish at Richmond when uh, Chandler Smith won his uh, won his first race. He had a pole at uh, Talladega. But um, there was a couple of bad finishes. Then he went on a run of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten out of eleven, and eleven out of thirteen races where he was in the top ten, many top fives, and that's where he basically solidified his uh, situation to be in the championship picture with John Hunter Nemechek. He wasn't winning races, but he was consistent. But after, we'll say, we can look at Indianapolis. He had a couple of bad finishes there. And then uh, finished out the regular season with a couple of top fives. Uh, started out the playoffs with a wreck with uh, um, Sheldon Creed. Then finished seventh and ninth in the other two races to go and get into the round of eight. Then at Las Vegas seventh homestead fourth and uh at the end of the race at uh martinsville we all know what happened there uh they cleaned each other out and um, neither of them advanced and uh opened the door for cole custer to get in which in turn he went and took that advantage of that and went on to win the series championship i mean i think for we can look at it. We can assess RCR for what they were at the start of the season, Josh, and they were one of the fastest cars out there. They had great momentum with Kyle Busch coming into the fold on the cup side. They had speed, and they had speed up until, I think, June when he won at Gateway. And then you look at Austin Hill. He had speed up until, I don't know, somewhere in July, really, uh, where he was running pretty consistent. And then I think the bottom fell out on on that team uh, where he just wasn't able, he didn't have the same energy, he didn't have that same spark. And then with that, he started making mistakes. He started um, getting out of uh, losing patience and with that put himself in a positions where he was not going to be uh, able to uh, capitalize and also had uh, had issues with his teammate and um if you can't race with your own teammate it speaks to a lot of things i mean the way that rcr situation was it's not i'm shocked that sheldon creed made it two years there considering how toxic of an atmosphere it was but 
how do we look at how do you look at Austin Hill's season? Because they were talking about him as a championship contender. He was a championship contender for about half the season. But when it when it came down to it, he uh he spit the bit and he spent more time whining and bitching and moaning than he did uh actually driving out the front of his uh out of the front windshield. Spent more time looking in the back windshield and trying to run over people. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting situation there with uh, the 21 of Austin Hill and, you know, goes and wins the first three out of the first five races, you know, establishes and further drives in the fact that he's good on the mile and a half and on the super speedways um, and the drafting tracks, as they say these days. But as the year went on, still fairly consistent overall. Uh, but, you know, I think at the end of the summer, they really started to fall off uh, at, you know, they're going into the playoffs and they were still able to uh, take home the uh, regular season championship, but they weren't really able to, uh, he wasn't able to really take advantage of that, uh, of course. And then, you know, Bristol gets out by his teammate there for, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, but, um, you know, it's definitely a kind of an interesting uh, thing uh, there uh, with, uh how he performed in that race and then you know had had chances you know throughout uh the season and uh you know homestead they were fairly solid and you know end up you know kind of going back and forth through the field and finishing in fourth uh, but then kind of all fell apart at martinsville and um you know i think one thing that i've seen on social media on i guess on reddit like people were talking about his i guess uh Behavior, as you say, um, you know, I think a lot of people point to his interview on the Dale Jr. download and kind of showed some of his character there, where it kind of kind of revealed to be kind of a you know whiny whiny crybaby, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, I think that definitely showed up in that interview. And then, you know, with uh, how how he was raced by uh, Sheldon Creed at Bristol, you know, kind of remembering that, and then how you know uh, Creed needed to win uh, the Martinsville race to make it into the playoffs and they still would have made it in if they would have, you know, just raced cleanly to the line. But then, um, you know, Hill, I guess, couldn't, couldn't stand that for whatever reason and, um, to try to take out his teammate, uh, on the final lap and then open the door for Justin Allgaier there. So, uh, kind of shows, uh, some of the mentality that he's had so far, uh, in his career and definitely, uh, has a, you know, needs to be able to work on that to show that, you know, he can move on, you know, and win championships in the Xfinity series and then, you know, possibly, you know, go in, go into the cup series potentially, you know, in, in the future. So, um, I think that's the, can't have that mentality, uh, and try to be a, con a championship contender here in Xfinity and, um, you know, expect to compete for titles because, you know, eventually that stuff will, um, kind of wear people out and then you'll lose your opportunities. So, uh, we'll see what he does uh, this year. You know, he has a uh, interesting teammate coming in that I think has kind of the same reputation there. So um, kind of the same, going to be two guys with the same reputation. going to be interesting to see how that actually plays out compared to Sheldon Creed, who's actually a decent driver and uh, can, you know, run uh, with respect, uh, you know, to his uh, teammates and everything. But um, unlike, uh, you know, um, Austin Hill. So we'll see how that uh, plays out in 2024 as um, he gets a new teammate and they try to try to make it all the way back to Phoenix, I guess, and you know, actually close out uh, the year with the title if they can. Yeah, that'll be something. You mentioned it with Jesse Love moving into the call, the two car, which uh, continues with the um, uh, wheel and engineering sponsorship. So he won the ARCA 
series championship, but also had uh, incidents and made a name for himself by having a rivalry with William Sawalich and others, uh, getting into wrecking contests with those guys. So something to see. He has similar characteristics uh, like that to Sheldon Creed aggressiveness-wise. So we'll see how great of a teammate Jesse Love is, uh, if he's going to lay down to Austin Hill or if he's going to make him race for it and how that dynamic works in uh, in the new year. Uh, the last thing we'll get into with the Xfinity series, we'll kind of give a early, because we don't even know the full grid. Uh, there's only been drips and drabs. We don't have officially who's going to be in the Gibbs cars. We kind of know who's going to be in the Gibbs cars. We don't know who's going to be in the Colleg cars, or at least one of the Colleg cars. Uh we don't know. We we know Junior Motorsports. We know Stuart Haas. So uh, in that case, we have those teams. But um, you have three key teams, and RCR is, is, is set. So three key cars that were winning race cars last year um, are open, and uh, we don't have official uh official news on where they are or what they're going to be but i think here in the next few days or we'll find out one of those guys that are going to be hearing about is chandler smith uh chandler smith came from kyle bush motorsports and toyota uh went over to college racing drove took over for aj allmendinger in the 16 uh car and uh you know he had he had an all right year i mean he won one race uh Chandler Smith and he had three poles uh, was their consistency became a problem for him uh, his teammate Daniel Hemrick finished ahead of him in points uh, I mean Chandler Smith got knocked out in the round of 12 um, it wasn't a good year in general for college racing uh, Chandler Smith won for he was he won one race Hemrick didn't win a race um AJ came back to win I think he won two races uh in the series um trying to scroll through here um trying to find yeah Dale Earnhardt uh, he uh, went for points now these are the guys that didn't declare yeah so he won he won two races AJ Allmendinger so and had three poles so it was an off year for college racing um and there was different different reasonings or whatever for that. I mean, with Chandler Smith new, learning a new series, new team, uh, may that played a role. Uh, you had Daniel Emmerich, who really has not ever been uh, suited to the Xfinity product, even with getting a backdoor win in a championship at Phoenix a couple of years ago. Uh, these cars and the way you have to race them don't suit uh Daniel Hemrick's style. He has a style that probably fits more of the Cup Series, and um, that's why he's going to be in the 31 car next year uh, in Cup. But what do we? How do you take away, or what do you look at for for College Racing, Josh, as we move into 20? What they did this year. I mean, AJ Allmendinger when he showed up, they were fast, uh, but he really shown an ability to drive the Xfinity cars and enjoy himself a lot. Uh, but the regular guys on almost regular basis, weekly basis, couldn't do the same thing. 
So what's the difference when AJ Allmendinger is driving the car and, you know, the two guys that have good pedigrees and have shown uh, ability over their careers there? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting with the way colleagues performed over the last couple of years. We've seen them uh, rise from um, just a, you know, B Xfinity team to now kind of like a top level team over the last few seasons. And uh, this year, kind of a, a downturn after AJ Allmendinger had been in their car for several years uh, and the production that he brought. Um, you know, just I think for whatever reason, A.J. Allmendinger just fits better in the Xfinity series than he does in the Cup series, except on road courses. So, um, you know, it's it's um, I think there's just like an element, I guess, to his racing style that I guess he just fits better in that series. So you have that uh, Chandler Smith showed a lot of speed, almost had a win at Vegas at the beginning of the season, uh, ends up winning later on at Richmond um, and uh, showed potential. But, you know, they also um didn't have as quite as much pace as what they should have uh, throughout the year. Um, so maybe more of a learning experience, like you said, being in the Xfinity series for uh, the first time and kind of, kind of making impact there. But, you know, also remember he uh, had, had uh, some uh, words with uh, Jet Burton after Portland uh, earlier this season. So um, some, some stuff there as well, but um, I think there's, you know, potential for him, uh, to be one of the better drivers in Xfinity in 2024, uh, if they can, uh, you know, have have the uh, right right setup uh, every weekend and be able to uh, execute with their strategies. So um, I think this is a downturn year, but I think they'll be able to right the ship, especially if if uh, Almanier comes back into uh, the Xfinity series here. Uh, Daniel Hemrick, um, you know, it's just typical of him with his performance. It just seems like uh, the performance that he put in 2021 to win the championship for his first and only race win in Xfinity, uh, just, uh, you know, very, uh, very uh, one-off uh, performance there and um, just has never been able to uh, really back that up uh, in any capacity. So, um, you know, he might be good for top 10s, top 5s and uh, Xfinity series, but you know, Daniel Hemrick just has never shown that race winning speed in the, in the cups or in the Xfinity series. Um, and now he's going back into the cup series, uh, here in 2024. So, um, whatever reason, uh, uh, even, even though his Xfinity career has been very subpar, uh, compared to, you know, the talent that they've been with, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to put it together here in the next gen car. So, um, and of course, um, you know, uh, you have Derek Krause coming in as well. So uh, Derek Krause had an interesting performance at Homestead, led uh, laps and actually led a stage, So uh, or won a stage. So uh, that's interesting. So I think for a colleague, you know, I think it's just kind of a down year just because um, they're kind of transitioning. But I think I uh, expect them to have a better year overall in uh, 2024 and beyond. Yeah, we're, we're going to see that for sure, I think, with A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, likely returning to the 16 car next year um, and probably running an open third car in the Cup Series uh, at the road courses at times. I think uh, he'll be happier and he'll probably run better. Uh, we know that Josh Williams is going to be in the 11. Oh, man. Um, and then uh, the, uh, what is it? That's the one, yeah, those are the two full-time cars there at Colleg. So, yeah, and then they have, I don't know if they're going to run a third car or not, but 
that that'll be a I think a more solid pairing in uh, 2024 uh, because Josh Williams knows how to bring cars back uh, at the end of races. He's not a wrecker by any means. He's had to drive with a very limited uh, funds for many years, so driving for colleague is going to be a totally different world for him. So who knows? He could have a breakout campaign and finally win a race. First race win he had in many years since he was in the ARCA series. But I guess we'll go and utilize that as kind of a jumping point uh, as talking about the Xfinity series. So we look at um, what the series is going to be next year. Custer comes back. Uh, you have Riley Herbst after winning at Las Vegas. It seemed like a totally different race car driver. Uh, he didn't look like a waste of time. He actually looked like a good race car driver. So there's momentum there. You have RCR brings 50% of their team back, and they have a rookie driver in the two car. You have Junior Motorsports. They're getting one of the guys from Joe Gibbs Racing who's bringing money to go and fill the ride for Josh Berry and everybody else returns on that organization. Uh, Colleague Racing, we don't know who's going to drive the 16 car, but more or less, I think it's A.J. Allmendinger, um, along with the Ty Dillon's going to be in the 16 cup car, which is sad. Um, but I guess it pays to have a hot wife and have money um, because it isn't about driving ability. But um, And then at Gibbs, you're going to have, uh, more than likely, you're going to have Sheldon Creed and uh, Chandler Smith. Uh, going over to Joe Gibbs Racing to drive in the uh, 18 and 20. We don't know which number is going for which. They'll have the they'll have the 19, which will have a, a a list of drivers. I think the angle was Ryan Truex was trying to get funding to get a full time ride, but it doesn't look like that that's come off. Um, after he won at Dover for his first career win, and uh, so that's th- that. Those are the guys. Those are at those are all the teams, the top teams in the Xfinity Series. They're all represented. They all were the representation in the playoff. Uh, nobody really from the outside. Uh, Jeremy Clements going and getting a, a upset victory. I mean, the only the only outside team of, out of that was Jordan Anderson uh, Racing, which had Jeb Burton win at uh, Talladega. And Parker Retzloff. Uh, who's a a guy who you know Josh based on his being in a sim guy first, and he was able to parlay great sim driving uh, into a career uh, on the racetrack, and now is in his going to be going into his second year of Xfinity uh, with Jordan Anderson's team, a growing organization there. So I mean, I it it's very early. To go and make predictions, of course, we don't even have everything official. Um, Gibbs is not going to go away, but they're going to have, there's going to be uh, teething, you know, growing pains with two new drivers uh, to the organization. Uh, I think Junior Motorsports, as long as they show uh, they have more speed uh, to start this season, it might open up an opportunity for Justin Allgaier or Sam Mayer to get off to a good start. You, know, you look at um, RCR, how are they going to recover from a lot of the nonsense that went on 
at the end of 2023 um with with uh with Haas racing you have two guys that are all that are high on uh high up there great momentum after what took place late in the season so they're they're kind of going from strength to strength and um i think for chandler for i mean riley herbst he's looking to actually get into the playoff get a win early in the year and get in the playoff cole custer same thing you want to get that win get it out of the way lock yourself in and start doing r d um I think Colleg is going to be interesting because if you bring AJ Allmendinger back, he was a contender in the Xfinity series a couple of years ago for a championship. Uh, we know that he can win on any road course at any time, but he also showed that in the Xfinity car, he was capable on ovals too. So, and Josh Williams is a, a guy who is a very um, clean uh, driver and is able to manage his equipment very well. So that might bode well for him while other guys drive over their heads, and he can go and make a lot of points uh, and put himself in position uh, not only to win a race, but to go and get into the championship mix. So, I mean, uh, that really goes over all the all the teams there, Josh. I mean, I, I look at Junior Motorsports and Stuart Haas, uh as the the early uh favorites at least because they have continuity um i don't know if you if you agree or if you see somebody else that could go and take off um maybe austin hill but um i think when you have continuity in a series like this i think it it doesn't hurt and it'll be uh those teams that kind of give themselves a at least a quick start in 2024 what do you say yeah i mean i think i agree with you there with junior motorsports i think continuity there you have justin algar brandon jones and uh and sam Mayer all coming back mayor's coming off of a career year so uh i think that's definitely a a plus for them i think they know that they have to be better overall on speed so i think dale jr is gonna um make sure that that happens i think the organization knows that um and i think you know for Stuart haas you have riley herbert's coming back and you have cole custer coming back so you know both of them uh very solid uh, and obviously uh custer won the championship so he has something to prove now in the xfinity series that you know even though he didn't have maybe the best overall year compared to like john Hunter newcheck maybe this year they can um perform kind of like what uh, Chase Briscoe did uh, back in uh, 2020. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of replicate that performance uh, that he had there. So, you know, expect to um, see that type of deal. And then I think also, you know, with uh, Joe Gibbs um, racing, you know, they're going to have change as well. So look for them to um, kind of come have a bit of a transition there as well. So um, I look at that. And then also, you know, with a colleague, um, they're going to have a little bit of change as well. But, you know, I think they have a good piece in uh, Chandler Smith that can go out and, uh, you know, win races and possibly, you know, be a driver that at least I can see making it to the top eight uh, in the, the, I guess, round of eight in the playoffs here uh, next season. And we'll we'll definitely get into it more closer to February once we get, uh, more uh, information and who the crew chiefs and the driver lineup and all that. We'll definitely get into that more. Uh, we'll move over to the uh, Craftsman Truck Series. 
2023, it was there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, we if you look at the series as a whole, there wasn't a whole lot of momentum. Uh, the schedule doesn't help in that process because of having a stop-start uh, way about it. But when you look at um, the way the series went on in 2023, um, there was a lot of driving, aggressive driving. There were races which were basically unwatchable. You had cup guys come in and and uh, cherry pick and get some victories. Uh, you had Kyle Busch, um, Joey Logano, and Kyle Larson. Uh, those three drivers accounted for uh, four wins there in uh, in uh, 2023. But then outside of that, you had the likes of Zane Smith coming back from uh, winning the championship, started the year out right with a uh, repeat win at Daytona. And uh, many thought that, and he won at, at Coda, caught, put his truck on fire, and I think many of us thought that he was going to run away with the championship right there. Um, but it wasn't meant to be, and Ford ended up losing yet another talent to Chevrolet in the process, uh, which we'll get into with Spire because there's some news about Spire. Um, guy that has been in the Toyota pipeline, was an ARCA champion, and uh, was dropped, uh, Christian Eckes, uh, went to McAnally's team in the 19 Napa truck and um, put it together. He was able to um, have a really solid year. In the end, he run, He gets four wins uh, on the season, so a career season for him, and establishes himself probably uh, in the sport if he wasn't before. But the guy that was the standout, I think, of everybody was uh, Corey Heim. Uh, he was the driver that was the most consistent driver over the season, uh, seemingly the fastest driver. Uh, he had four poles. Only Nick Sanchez had more poles than him, uh, more top fives than anybody in 12, more top tens than anybody with 19. Or top, yeah, he had the next closest was 14. Um, average finish of 6.8 and average start of seven in um, ran at the finish of 21 of the 22 races. But I guess we we start this here, and I mean, he was a standout performer, Josh. Uh, we can look at it on two two ways here. Uh, we look at what he did for the first 20 two races of the season to get himself in a position to win a championship and uh, take Tricon Garage, which was a David Gilland, uh, David Gilland team with uh, Gray, with uh, Johnny Gray, and try to go and get them to a championship. And he had done, basically done enough. And I think uh, even in the race at Phoenix, he had done what he needed to do to win that championship. But then somebody that stood out, and we're going to talk about more, was Carson Osovar. And the actions that uh, that Corey Heim used in retaliation for a, sp a spin that was just unnecessary on the part of uh, Carson Osovar wrecking, running him over, uh, basically cost Grand Infinger a championship. 
and is not a great way to that's a highlight he's going to be on a highlight reel but it's not the kind of highlight reel you want to be um are we to believe that Corey Heim can he recover from this can he go and use this as a motivation uh to prove people wrong to go and say I'm not that guy or is his reputation going to be sullied after what was a uh championship year in a lot of ways uh but he didn't behave like a championship driver uh at the end of that race at Phoenix yeah I mean it's a good point that you make there with uh you know, with how Corey Heim reacted to that finish there uh, at the end and what, you know, what the consequences of, of taking out Car- Carson Hosevar uh, ended up being there, third and nine. What? What? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Okay, Trevor Lawrence to Parker Washington, first career touchdown for Parker Washington there. Okay, but, um, wow. Okay, but, uh with uh Corey Heim I mean he had a um I think I think for him it's not really a reputation ruiner there I think what it really is is just him settling the score with with Hosevar um and I think Hosevar is really the driver with to talk about in terms of reputation because I think you know with Corey Heim I think next year if he gets into this situation I don't think he's going to do anything like that again I think it's more of you know Hosevar has been doing you know pulling all the you know this type of crap like all season uh and everything and um with running into guys running people over and then acting uh like he's sorry for himself after afterwards so i think for hosevar it's um more of can he clean up his act now that he's in the cup series and i mean it's hard to tell because we just saw you know what what we uh saw in the uh snowball derby is you know he still is getting into it with drivers and uh, you know, with Hosevar, uh, still, still getting into it no matter what. And we saw it in the cup series as well. He had a spat with, uh, Ty Gibbs, uh, in Martinsville. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, what, uh, takes place here in his career in the cup series. If he can clean his act up now, he's driving for, uh, Spire, you know, team that we've seen what he can do at, uh, GMS Petty Motorsports, uh, legacy motor clubs. So, can he take that to a car that hasn't really shown a lot of speed in its time in the Cup Series in the uh, 77? Uh, but doing that without getting into people, I think it's going to be important to, especially for a team like that, uh, with a team that's growing but that has, you, you know, still has uh, limited resources uh, compared to the other teams. It's going to be important to keep that car clean and uh, keep himself out of trouble. So, um, yeah, I think there's two sides to that coin. I think Heim's going to be okay, best driver across the entire season, statistically, all the way across the board. Um, I think it's just a terrible judgment, and it's I think it's a one-time deal uh, uh, against Car- Carson Hosevar. And on the flip side, I think covering you know because of that, I think Carson Hosevar is going to be the driver that we have to see if he can. Uh, you know, if he can change uh, his behavior now uh, in his driving style in the Cup Series. Yeah, and I'm, I was gonna, I we could, I was gonna talk about Hosevar separately, but I guess we can talk about it this way because we'll we'll get to Ben Rhodes uh, in a little bit. But uh, Hosevar won his first Truck Series race after what had been a long time of being close with uh, coming really close, finishing second uh, by getting into 
uh, Nick Sanchez of Texas. Uh, and he hooked Nick Sanchez of Texas, put him in the fence after he dominated the entire race, and Carson Osovar ended up winning that race. So the reputation that he has built is one that his, he's the protege of Ross Chastain. And Ross Chastain had a similar MO to um, Osovar. And it took basically, I think, Rick Hendrick threatening his life or whatever the hell he did after the, do- the, the, the crap at Darlington with him and Larson that, um, that uh, we saw a different uh, Ross Chastain. He was muted a bit. He wasn't the same kind of guy. Um, on the other hand, it didn't go that way with Hosevar. He kept on kind of getting into people, running over people, and um, it it culminated into what happened at Phoenix. When you're in the Final Four, you're trying to win a championship, and you're driving over your head. Um, you didn't have the best truck, but your crew chief was trying to give yourself give you an opportunity. You were in the mix with the other contenders, but you drive into the guy that was likely going to win the championship for no reason at all. Um, he's not going to, I mean, uh, it, I, whether it's Dale Earnhardt Jr., whether it's Hamlin, whether it's uh, any number of guys, uh, they've said that, and uh, I mean, I, I don't want to give credence to door bumper clear, but they had him on even, and he said he was like reformed or whatever, and he had learned or some crap. But in a lot of ways, oh, that was an inner, oh, um, um, that, yeah, uh, the, the way that he, uh, performed what the way he would perform behind the wheel didn't fit the narrative that he put out there, uh, once he got out of the, the truck. And that's really, uh, something that, um, he's going to get run over a lot in the cup series and it's going to cost, I know Spires plenty of money, but. It's going to cost him a lot of money in wreck race cars if he keeps on doing some of the stunts that he did in the truck series. Um, and and in turn, I mean, on the flip side of that, when you look at um, Nice Motorsports, they're going to basically have to start over uh, with a new driver combination there. And it's something, will they be the same team now that uh, they lose um, a guy who has a lot of talent but was you know, drives over his head, uh, are they going to be able to contend in the same way or are they going to, um, struggle uh, in 2024, at least initially, um, in a series that generally we could say is wide open, um, with the couple of missing teams and whatnot. Uh, the person I think is the most aggrieved out of all of the, the drivers is Grand Infinger because, after Corey Heim got spun by Carson Osovar, Osovar dropped like an anchor, and um, Grand Infinger put himself in position. He was battling with uh, he was battling with uh, Ben Rhodes, and he had put himself in the place to win. And uh, he was leading the race, and he was going to win the race. And that wreck uh, cost GMS a chance at a, a third championship. Cost Grand Infinger. After many years, uh, it took him many years to win that ARCA championship. He was in a position to possibly win that truck championship on a walk-off. And now um, he comes in, or he wa- we're, we're looking at him as uh, uh, going into 2024 and as somebody who uh, I don't think has a, a job 
uh, lined up full time at least. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's it, it. There's many things wrong with what happened with that race, but I think if there's one person and one team that probably has to feel worse than everybody else, it's Grant Enfinger. Uh, has always been a model of consistency, putting himself in position, giving himself a chance at the end of races instead of doing the nonsense. Uh, what? Um, yeah. To but he's the guy that what do what what can we say? He had did everything he needed to do, but unfortunately, um, he wasn't. He was robbed of the opportunity to win that championship, Josh. But I don't think it takes away from the professionalism and the kind of guy that uh, Grant Infinger is as a race car driver uh, because he has proven over the years that he's a very uh, talented driver and a very uh, good with his equipment. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for uh, Grant Infinger, I mean, I think he's the type of driver that this truck series needs. You know, we talked about kind of the theme since that Phoenix race has been the reputation of uh, the truck series. And, you know, I think, Grant Infinger is a respectable veteran. He races cleanly. He doesn't um, take people out. You know, he doesn't race like you know Carson Hosevar does. How he races people hard and and accidentally quote unquote gets into people. He races with respect and um, kind of almost the last kind of last uh, type of racer that we're seeing here with all the younger generation coming up here in the uh, truck series. I think him and um, Matt Crafton are kind of the veterans here that you know we need more of in this truck series and uh you know, obviously very aggrieved you saw that uh in his press conference and he was even then still able to keep it together uh there and uh even with Corey Heim sitting next to him uh on the end of the table and then afterwards in their interaction together you, know, you can tell he was mad but you know, he kept him his uh, composure and everything. So uh, I think it says a lot about his character. And then, um, you know, it's unfortunate that GMS is going to go out uh, without that title um, that they should have probably uh, had this race played out um, the way respectable drivers would have settled things with Grant Infringer, uh winning. And then also him potentially not having a ride uh, in uh, 2024 here in the truck series. And um, so, uh, I mean, it, I think if he doesn't have a ride, I think it's a real shame, uh, you know, because like I said, it's, he's a guy that whose presence they desperately need, you know, if they want drivers to kind of clean up their act together, which I think they will. I think the embarrassment of the final race of the season, I think, is it's too much to uh, ignore. Uh, and, you know, I think um, everybody knows that they have to improve. So um, I think one can only hope that, you know, they – put themselves in a situation to improve. But, you know, I think for, uh, um, Grant Enfinger, you know, he's a solid driver and, uh, you know, I think he, you know, he deserves, he deserves more than, uh, having a championship taken away. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't say it's taken away because he did go and get, go and pit on the final, uh, one of the final cautions there and had a chance, but just didn't, uh, come through. And, um, course uh you know i think it would have been a whole lot easier if uh they didn't have the shenanigans with uh haim and hosevar so um yeah i think he he deserves a lot more than than what he got uh in that final race and when you look at the way that the truck series uh, is kind of uh landing right now with some of these uh small teams that are out there uh they there are opportunities 
Uh, I would say that uh, you look at um, the Rackley War effort. I think that might be somewhere where Grand and Finger could land and they have full funding um, there. I mean, you have Thor Sport. Uh, they they're bringing back the majority of their drivers, but you know you never know. He's had he's had uh, he used to drive for them at some point. Uh, they did hire Jake Garcia to take over for um, Deegan. Uh, trying to look who else is there, but uh, the Front Row Motorsports truck are they going to run next year in the truck series or not? After having a pretty solid. Uh, a deal for the last few years in the truck series. Um, I think the those are some of the vehicles uh, there, but we'd be remiss now to not mention the man who is now a two-time series champion and has had two drunken uh, post-race celebrations uh, in Ben Rhodes, the beneficiary of all the argy-bargy that went on amongst that whole entire field basically uh ben rhodes becomes two-time series champion he ends up he ends up with the um yeah he goes and wins by one position uh he finished second i think in the race and um and finger was third they raced for all the way to the end there and um the Eckes won the race but no you wouldn't know that he won the race the way they covered it um I mean, roads. I mean, in based on any number of metrics, it's one of the worst uh, championship uh, deals you ever seen. He only won one race. He had seven top fives. Uh, he had he had fourteen top tens, which is second in the series on for regulars, tied with uh, Ty Majeski. Uh, led only a hundred twelve laps, eleven point nine average start, ten point seven average finish. Uh, ran at the finish of 22 of the 23 races, lead lap 19. Oh, that's nice. Um, uh, and he wins the championship. He goes and joins uh, names. He joins the likes of, of course, Ron Hornaday Jr., Jack Sprague, uh, uh, Todd Bodine, and uh, Matt Crafton as uh, multi-time champions of the of the truck series. Uh, so that's uh, that's the company he shares as a multi-time champion. Uh, he's won two out of the last three years. Yeah, Rich Lucius coming back to the fold late in the season was huge for him. And I mean, it it speaks uh, it speaks a lot to that team. Thor Sport Racing has been there forever in the Truck Series, and. Um, over the now you you're a five time they've won the championship five times so uh i mean that's you just have to give them respect there honestly um that ben rhodes put himself in position that's all you can do i mean the way this format is one and done one race and all in you could finish you could basically finish uh 30 third or whatever whatever i think in a truck is 36 you can 36 or even yeah you can finish 33rd and be the champion uh in a lot of ways it it essentially ended up that way um with the way the whole race went but um i mean for i mean you gotta give you gotta give them credit though when it didn't look like they were in position to win it didn't look like they were gonna be the championship favorite 
uh, they gave themselves an opportunity to get in there and um, give themselves a chance, and they did it. So, uh, I mean, you go back to Homestead for him to make it in. Hosovar won. Hosovar won the race. Ben Rhodes needed a Hail Mary um, pit stop strategy to um, end up finishing. And uh, so that's something that uh, you just ought to give respect to him. You got to take your hats off to Ben Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for Ben Rhodes, which I saw that strategy at Homestead play out, and that was very interesting. They um, were able to kind of net their way into the playoff space of, you know, pitch strategy. They, you know, obviously stayed out on a long run, and they were able to kind of strategize their way into the playoffs by uh, hanging on uh, throughout that final green flag run uh, at Homestead. Um, Corey Heim might or Carson Osevar and Corey Heim, they might have won the race, but you know, Hosevar definitely, um, or Rhodes, you know, they definitely held on uh, for uh, a top a top five finish there. So, um, you know, I think you know, it shows their um, courage to you know try the uh, strategy and confidence that they have and their ability to execute. But you know, Rhodes just did not have a really great season overall. Um, you know, didn't really lead in any category, uh, at all. So, um, you know, just for him to go out and win, win the title, uh, like that kind of winning by default. So like you said earlier, so, you know, definitely, a um, chance, a chance in 2022 to prove him wrong or 2024 to prove him wrong. But, um, you know, definitely, a um, one that they kind of won, won by default there, but you have to give him credit for hanging on and out driving, uh, the field, uh, there and uh, out driving uh, uh, Grant Enfinger and being able to uh, go out there and, and win the title. So uh, didn't win the race either, which uh, had a lot of damage there at the end for uh, Ben Rhodes. So, you know, Rhodes, uh, we'll see what he does, but, you know, goes out and parties parties after the race like he did back in 2021. So, you know, definitely a, a good, good result there for him uh, winning that uh, title. And we'll have to see uh, how, how they're able to kind of prove uh that they you know stay that they stay at the top here in the Xfinity series and that they don't uh go back to you know what they were for most of the this past season and that they can actually go out and um dominate or at least compete for more wins and top fives. Yeah, and that's something that we're gonna see because I I think it feeds into the last topic we'll get into, which I think we're we've done for the last however many years on the show of uh, the viability of the truck series. I mean, you look at the manufacturer involvement; um, they run a common engine, so it's uh, they have a sealed Ilmore engine, which is pretty shitty, um, really lacks power, and you can see it at at uh, most of the tracks it leads to the kind of driving standard that we have um the trucks are too aero dependent and it means that they don't race very well uh i mean on on cookie cutters they aren't bad they kind of run a pack race super speedways usually become demo derbies uh the trucks can do well they show that they can run on rain tires at martinsville um in the in the wet on an oval so there is some semblance of an opportunity there but um when you look at the truck series now lost gms uh maury gallagher of course in reinvesting 
uh, his money and his team uh, and organization into the cup program at with legacy with Jimmy him and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Kyle Busch, after many years of owning his own organization and building uh, championship winning trucks and, and late models and the like, uh, decided to sell his organization to Spire and basically um, move towards uh, focusing on uh, Brexton, his son's uh, burgeoning career, um, using that kind of the money and the time to focus on that and also with their daughter um kyle and samantha's daughter there so they're um kyle bush is still going to run five races a year he'll run for spire to probably keep, keep the 51 number uh it there hasn't been any like a uh, full-on announcement but it seems like uh the team as is which was uh, Nick Sanchez with the uh, Rev Racing, but basically was a Kyle Busch truck. And then Chase Purdy um, driving the four uh, last year uh, will be back. Um, I mean, Nick Sanchez had a solid year. He gave himself a chance to make it in to uh, the final four, uh, won the rookie of the year, finished sixth in points. Um, best finisher uh without a win uh last year um in terms of the uh truck drivers he was one of only three guys that made the playoff that didn't have a win um and you look at uh, the other guys there i mean thor sport they're they're going to continue as a four truck team Crafton, uh Rhodes, and then um trying to and and ty majeski who we're going to talk about a little bit winning uh the uh, snowball derby and then um and then they're gonna have jake garcia move over from mac and Alley's team to take over that fourth truck so uh young talent there um the one young gun there amongst uh three veteran drivers i mean ben rhodes is a relatively young guy too he's been around a long time uh started out at like 18 or whatever running xfinity and and the like so he's been around a while so he's a relatively young guy uh there so that's ford's representation tricon's representation with toyota is Corey heim and then the gray brothers um but really it's Corey heim toyota also uh has duball um which they got jimmy villeneuve the guy who was a crew chief at kyle bush motorsports with a four truck now is going to move over uh and then chevrolet as it stands i mean you look at uh chevrolet teams i'm trying to see uh spire is really it spire and mcanally uh are gonna and, and nice are gonna be the three uh chevy organizations uh up there because uh you got yeah, Spire, we'll see what the truck is. Yeah, so that's Rev Racing. Um, you go and have the Chevy teams. We'll have McAnally with Eckes and Daniel Dye will be his teammate next year. Um, then you have Nice, which will have Bailey Curry, Matt Mills, and uh, Bailey Curry run full-time. Uh, so they'll be running two trucks next year full-time and then they'll run probably a third one which will have ross chastain and uh, host savar run it and then um yeah spire we don't really know where they're gonna be at so um 
I mean, there is, I guess, the framework of a series and drivers, a lot of the guys that were there in the series this past season. But are we really, I mean, the TV package, we know now they're going to continue on Fox, but... Uh, or FS1 or whatever, but is it for the best that they're on FS1 when they don't send the team out to uh, cover the races? Uh, is it really, are we really putting a good product out there when they don't even send the announcers out there? And is this product with the way the trucks race the best that they can do? Or are they just kind of mailing it in? Uh, I don't think... I mean, if you want the worst of the worst is what happened at, at Phoenix. Uh, but how do you, how do you show or prove that that's not what the trucks, that the truck series isn't basically a demolition derby, that they're actually a legitimate, um, stepping stone to cup, uh, here, which you have multiple guys that are going two guys that are going to cup in Zane Smith and Carson Osavar, and you got a couple other guys that I would think have a chance in the future of getting up there i mean yeah i think that's you bring up a good point with uh fox and the future of uh the truck series and i think uh it all kind of plays hand in hand uh i think fox needs to take this uh series more seriously than it what it currently is right now um they need to replace the announcers they need to be present at the racetrack they need more than just the reporters uh there and everything you know they they need people there and i think that would give better you know better uh reputation there from the, the coverage and you know make it seem more than you know just like something at the county fair uh i guess but uh on the other end you know the truck series they need to improve themselves as drivers like i said but you know um you bring up good points there with uh the teams that we have in uh the truck series now uh, but obviously KBM is going away and I think, you know, KBM, obviously, I think they were going to, they were going to be around, but then all of a sudden Spire comes up and says, Hey, we're, we want your, uh, assets and everything. So, uh, from that, you know, it's, uh, from that, it's, uh, more of just the opportunity to, uh, take over. So, uh, it was at the right asking price for KBM and Spire obviously is willing to pay and, uh, I think in one hand it does show that there is some unhealthiness in the truck series, but at the same time, um, you know, if at the right asking price, I'm sure, you know, somebody was willing, is willing to buy. So, uh, and so that's what Spire was able to do. But I think the bigger loss is uh, uh, GMS there in, in this series. And um, obviously their presence will no longer be felt. Not only, not only did they uh, lose, uh, Grant Infinger, but obviously, you know, Raja Karuth, free agent, uh, after th this season. So, um, you know, obviously GMS, uh, huge presence in the truck series for many years, but now they're choosing to, uh, focus on the cup series. Obviously the owner, Maury Gallagher is, uh, the, uh, one of the principals of legacy motor clubs. So, you know, uh, um, obviously kind of a consolidation of resources and money there, uh, with how costly it is to run in the cup series versus, you know, in the, uh, truck series and, uh, rather, you know, rather than do both. So, um, shows, shows what they have to do, uh, you know, to be able to compete. So God damn it. Fourth down. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see how, how that goes. 
uh, you know, in this coming season, how those teams, the loss of those teams, how their presence will be felt, but also, you know, how uh, I guess the teams that replace uh, GMS and KBM, how how conspire um, invest into the truck series now uh, and and everything like that. That's something that we're gonna find out for sure, um, and how what what some of the new blood that comes into the series does, and maybe what some of the uh, teams that haven't been out there or haven't stood out over the years, maybe they get an opportunity uh, to make a presence uh, here in 2024. Since the football game is on, and Josh is sitting there on pins and needles, and what I don't think many people thought was going to be this tight of a contest. It's been a very uh, interesting game the whole way, uh, and that was an interesting uh, snap. Uh, but, um, you know, they're battling for a playoff position um, in terms of Jacksonville and where they can be in January. And then you have um, Cincinnati basically um, running out the string because Joe Burrow's out. But Jake Browning uh, showing uh, showing Moxie here uh, on Monday Night Football and uh, giving the Cincinnati Bengals a chance here uh, to win this football game. Uh, you go and it's come coming down to the wire here in uh, uh, with ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So that's something that we're gonna have to continue to look at. Um, but in terms of the um, the rest of the the rest of the league or the rest of this the or the games that took place this past week, I mean Dallas ended up playing in a shootout and uh, beating Seattle, assisting the 49ers prior to their game. Indianapolis got help from Tennessee and uh, one of uh, Josh's former Jacksonville quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew. And uh, Shane Steichen have uh, oh there's Burrow uh, they uh, they are in a position now where uh, they might be able to make the playoffs uh, playoffs uh, the L A Chargers won possibly one of the worst football games in the history of mankind uh, against the New England Patriots the Detroit Lions held on and even though they knocked uh, Derek Carr out of the game. Uh, had to hold on and get that victory after they got their ass kicked on uh, Thanksgiving by Green Bay. Atlanta probably put the Jets, uh, murdered the Jets. Uh, if, they're, if they had any hope, uh, that went away on Sunday with that ugly uh, performance. Pittsburgh loses, uh, what do you call, um, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Kenny Pickett and... Uh, they with an ankle injury. Arizona goes to Pittsburgh and wins, which is shocking. Uh, but uh, you look at James Conner; he was he had a purpose, and he ended up going out there and playing against his former team and winning. Miami uh, put a whipping on Washington, uh, forty-five to fifteen. Continues to show that they're probably the arguably the best offense, if not the best offense in the NFL. Houston with uh, D'Amico Ryans as their head coach probably is uh, one of the key guys, one of the main people that we look at as a coach of the year candidate. C.J. Stroud likely 
going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, they go and beat Denver, who was on a winning streak, and now they're inserting themselves into the mix with the possibility of getting uh, into the playoffs here with a few weeks to go. Tampa Bay basically won by default because Carolina is a joke. The LA Rams put 36 points on Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland was running out Joe Flecko, uh, who they had on their practice squad. Uh, he did Joe Flacco things, meaning he threw the ball deep. He was able to score. They were able to score some points, but then he also threw bad interceptions, and um, the the vaunted Cleveland defense wasn't able to hold up against the Rams with Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and the like. The games, though, the big games that for the day were the 49er and the 49er Philly game, a revenge, theoretically a revenge game after the NFC Championship, and Debo Samuel uh, opened a can on, on Philadelphia, took his took his right foot and shoved it up all the Philly fans' asses. Uh, three touchdowns for him on Sunday. Brock Purdy had four touchdown passes, over 300 yards. And, um, I mean, you had, you name it, they scored a touchdown. It seemed like Christian McCaffrey uh, scored a touchdown. Uh, Purdy threw to Debo for two of them, and Debo ran for one. Then he threw to Jawan Jennings. He the um, then Brandon Ayuk also. So uh, three fourteen and four touchdowns for him. Uh, Hertz was uh, two ninety eight, one touchdown, twenty six of forty five. Uh, McCaffrey had ninety three rushing, ninety three yards and a touchdown on seventeen attempts. Uh, the running game for the Eagles basically was shut down. Uh, in terms of the wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were were able to do work for early in the game. And I think for periods of the game, they had open, they had room. A.J. Brown was running those hard uh, slants or crossing routes. Devontae Smith was going underneath. He was able to get a touchdown, 96 yards on nine receptions. A.J. Brown had 114 yards and eight receptions. But you look at the 49ers, one sixteen, two touchdowns for Debo on in in the air on the or in the air, and then another twenty-two rushing yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, forty-six yards and a touchdown. GK, sixty-eight yards. Uh, Jawan Jennings, forty-four yards and a touchdown. There, uh, they stopped the run uh, outside of. Uh, I mean, yeah, the top two wide receivers for the Eagles were able to do work. But they um, were able to, at the end, in the end, hold them down. Um, they held the they held the Eagles. They were they scored 21 unanswered points before the Eagles scored to get within eight. Uh, then within another couple of minutes, three minutes later, Purdy goes and throws to Debo Samuel for 48 yard touchdown, and that was essentially the game at that point. Uh, it's a huge game. The Eagles stay as the number one seed, but um, the tiebreakers, all the tiebreakers are going in the favor of the Niners. They beat, they have beaten uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. They beat Dallas at home. And um, I mean, the, there's, they bully beat down on Seattle in Seattle. So two of those three big wins have been on the road. 
I mean, uh, I don't want to bring up uh, they going against other playoff contenders. They've been able to stand up and show they're one of the best teams in the league. So it's really a case of can they keep everybody upright uh, and keep this efficiency? Because if they do, I don't know if there's very many teams that can uh, stop them. Uh, Kermit the Frog and the Chiefs, even with the officiating yesterday, uh, they didn't play well enough. Uh, there's a bad calls in that game at the end, but in the end, uh, Jordan Love may have established himself as yet another franchise quarterback for Green Bay uh, by beating Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night football. And Green Bay now is in the mix for the playoffs. Uh, plenty of momentum going on there in that game. Uh, I mean, that's the, it was an interesting week of football. I'm losing in uh, my one league, but I'm still uh, in the playoff hunt because there's one, two, three, four teams would be tied at seven and six. Essentially, three of those four teams are going to make it in. I have a, a, a matchup, a favorable matchup next week to get into uh, the the playoffs uh we'll have to work from the wild card to get get through but uh as long as i basically put a roster out there i should be able to advance um into the playoffs so there's that uh the dynasty team i can go and look at here briefly try to figure out if we're anywhere uh waiting on this to load the game is still tied at 28 651 to go uh we ended up fall well we're actually we're actually uh oh that's something so we're seven is that seven points yeah 13 and or no eight points we're essentially eight points out but we still have trevor if trevor can throw some more completions uh preferably to uh evan ingram and calvin ridley uh that would be great that would give us a chance. Uh, the other team has Joe Mixon. He's had a 38 yards, two touchdowns on the ground and 46 yards receiving. So that's uh, what's going on there. So I'm. We have a chance if if uh, if Trevor can go and throw a tutty here, uh, put this thing away. Uh, we could possibly win this game from nowhere. Uh, that would, uh, he just got hit, got killed. You got rolled over on. Uh, uh oh, that's not good. Uh, oh Jesus. Uh, uh, yeah. So rendered uh, silent here. Uh, oh my God. That's uh, the whole entire uh, fan base of the Jacksonville Jaguars, including Josh, are now holding on and uh, hoping that uh, what we just saw on replay isn't as bad as uh, we think it was but we're talking about this game they were driving down the field and um, looked like you were gonna go and take the lead again uh, but we'll see what happens here um, once we come back from commercial break uh, I figure just give me a second here Josh I mean you want to go I mean it's been a tight game for your guys here today uh, uh, yeah it's been tight yeah. and it's been tough uh, but Trevor has, has played had played well and put him in a in a position to win yet again. But now I think the bigger concern is 
Uh, there's Ankle. bigger concern if he has, if he's able, he wasn't able to get, um, he wasn't able to get all off the field after he got rolled up on. And, uh, it looked like his, his, uh, it was a very bad, awkward, uh, you know, angle yeah. there. So we'll have to see, um, what comes from that. Uh, let me just go over here. So I, whatever my, uh, what I was thinking in terms of, uh, if we lose Trevor, then it's, I think that's not just a problem in general for, um, Jacksonville, um, but also for fantasy, yeah, yeah. fantasy purposes, but more, it's a case of, uh, the fact we're losing one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. That's uh, not good. He's being, uh, taken off the field. Uh, he, over the years, he played basically his whole entire career at, um, at Clemson and was able to, uh, was able to be healthy and, is his right? Yeah, because his right ankle got stepped on there. It looks and he, like, and then he got rolled. Yeah, and he got rolled yeah. over on. So Brandon McManus uh, out to kick a field goal, and so so that's and that's a miss. Yeah, we're not winning. Yeah. So there's so. Um, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I, Fuck I Vegas. Really, yeah. Fuck Vegas. God god damn it, man. Uh so I mean in terms of try to go and change things up, try to change the narrative right now because nah. it's very bad. Um we still have five minutes to go. Uh Jacksonville's defense can make a stop here and then we'll see what can happen. Uh you and that's well, he's walking on it, but it's not good. Um, he's walking on it, but you know, like I don't know. This is he's very slow and needs help. So yeah, it's not yeah, it's not pretty. Um, in my um my one league uh, or one league I'm in, I'm gonna be the number one seed, so I'll have a buy and whatever. Uh, you got some argy bargy going on there. Uh, I'll be the number one seed. In this league, I won uh, again this week, so third uh, third best uh, week so far, or this week, and um, we'll be uh, advancing into the playoffs. Uh, have a bye there. I'll be eleven and two after this week, and then I don't know who I'm playing, but um, next week for whatever, uh, playing a team that's also pretty bad, similar to that other league, and then. Um, that's a block in the back. Oh man, that's why. What did they call uh, that? Uh, they sh- they should have called a block in the back because it was obvious. Um, but um, in terms of the other, uh, in our in our uh, in the fall brawl league, just to get into yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so they got that early one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's talk about the college football playoff. Let's try to get on a different topic. Should talk about that? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you go and I mean, the controversy of the college football is that Florida State is left out of the final four. I know you're a Florida guy, but um, yeah, Florida State went 13 and 0, and um, they're the first team out of a Power Five conference 
to win all their games and won the ACC championship to go and um, not make the playoff. Uh, Alabama went and beat Georgia for the Georgia lost for the first time in two and a half years or something. And Georgia drops from the number one ranking, uh, number one national ranking to sixth. Alabama goes from eight to four. Texas was seven, beat, uh, put a beat down on, I think, Missouri or whoever the fuck it was in the Big 12 championship game, went from seven to three, and um, which is pretty interesting. And then you have uh, Michigan won the Big 10 championship without much uh, resistance, and their gift for winning the Big 10 and being the number one seed is they get to play Alabama in the uh, Rose Bowl. Um, and then Washington, who has one of the top contenders for the Heisman Trophy and Michael Penix uh, will be going against Texas. Uh, if you're going to leave, yeah, that's there's got to be movement there. Um, so there's, yeah, so we got, um, yeah, that's the college football. You want to go and... Uh, I mean, defense? yeah, sorry. No, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of interesting to see how that, that played out and everything and uh, the, um, you know, with... FSU not making it in it just seems like wins I mean I'm a Florida guy but like you know it just seems like wins uh should matter you know and they they had a 13-0 and season and you know Alabama lost to Texas so I just think it's hard to put him you know it's hard to ignore that FSU had the season that they had even though their QB is out for the year right even though uh they yeah. have that it's it's hard to ignore that and I mean my solution would be just to kind of like you know have a you know nascar style point system you know like uh uh in nascar you know we have a point system and based on you know how many you know where you finished you get points maybe we should implement i mean they're expanding the um field to 12 next year but still even with that i think it's it's just tough uh you know to um even with that, we're still going to have these situations. And I think, you know, the, probably the fair way to do it would be to, uh, you know, have like a award award system, uh, you know, or not award, but a point system where you maybe get a point for every win, right? Yeah. You get a point, you get a point for every win in, in, uh, in the year. But, you know, if it's a top 25, then maybe it's another point, uh, and et cetera. And I guess the, fallback on that or i guess the um flaw in that one is like well what if you beat a team that wasn't ranked at the beginning of the year but then they become ranked does that change and i guess maybe you score at the end of the year right at at the end of the season uh before they decide or i mean after all the uh championship games conference championship games have been all decided and everything so that's uh that's kind of interesting right there so um gonna be um you know i think uh it's gonna be entertaining for sure with alabama back in it but um, you know, and I, I like Alabama too. I, I generally hope that they can, uh, you know, win their games, but, um, cause I, I like how they play, but, um, I don't know if they really deserve to be in it, you know, after, you know, this year they had games where they struggled to win versus teams like USF, uh, Auburn, even though they had the highlight real play, right. You know, uh, even though, even though they had the highlight real play for Auburn and, uh, 
uh, with the Hail Mary there. They still struggled to win in several games, and then they lost to Texas. And, you know, on the flip side, FSU had had one of the best defenses in the year. Jordan Travis was lost, but they still came out and won the game. So, um, you know, you have to consider all of that. And I think, uh, I just think, you know, even as a UF guy that uh, FSU had, had the better year, they had the better resume. So, you know, um, but, it, you know, I think entertainment has a lot to do with it. You know, SEC is going to be on Disney and ESPN and everything. And it, it's pretty clear that, you know, that's where the money is going. They they need an SEC team. You know, that's one of their assets for sure. Yeah, and that's, I think, part of what the box office aspect of it. Travis, who was a person that was going to be a Heisman candidate going down, um, when you're putting it to a committee it's kind of what you get unfortunately but it's a sad commentary uh but we'll see uh what florida state can do against georgia because now you have the two you have the number one team in the country defending two-time defending national champions not even having a chance to be in the playoff after their only loss was against alabama by less than uh, by a one score and to me, at the end, they couldn't because they couldn't justify um, a possibility of a, a second matchup. But the reality is that's what it was probably going to happen. Like I, to me, Georgia drops. If you drop them, you drop them to four, or drop them to four, and Alabama moves to three. If you're going to go, and then you keep Michigan, and uh, well, Michigan still gets screwed. But I don't think Georgia drops after losing to Alabama. From one to six, that also doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's it's whatever. It's called it. It's part of what college football, NCAA. They should have been running an eight or twelve team playoff for a while. But these conferences are full of shit. Um, and yeah, I forget um, the guy on Dan Wetzel who writes for Yahoo Sports has wrote books about it and how corrupt these these uh, conference commit the people who run these conferences are. And um, now basically it's this old boys or old whatever old boys club where they want to keep these shitty bowl games. They want to keep the the Roto-Rooter Bowl and the the Pepto-Bismol Bowl and the and the Church's Chicken Bowl and all the other name your fucking sponsor bowl and keep them around for no reason. Uh, that's why we have these. And then also because of Rose Bowl. Um, insists on having to be on New Year's Day and and have the post be in the in the afternoon or whatever. That that's the other thing. Which I mean, come on now. Uh, once the BCS national championship game came along, the Rose Bowl as we knew it wasn't the Rose Bowl anymore. But um, but we'll see what happens with all that. I know Rutgers is going to be playing in the um, Pinstripe Bowl again. They'll actually be playing Miami, which is an interesting matchup. Uh, Mario Cristobal, former um, Rutgers assistant uh, under Greg Schiano, will uh, be bringing his Miami Hurricanes. He's a former, of course, a player for the Miami Hurricanes. And um, when they won national championships back in the day. And um, C.J. Beathard, oh boy, uh, is now out there. The running C.J. Beathards have to get down the field to get a field goal. Uh, he's holding the ball. He's about to get killed, and he fumbled the ball. Um, all right, he picked it up. All right. Uh, that's, man, that is C.J. Beathard in a nutshell. Um, 
I say that because I had to watch him with the 49ers. Um, I mean, it was just dumb. But anyway, uh, in terms of uh, the Fall Brawl League, we got, I mean, Josh, your uh, team right now is you're going to win the week. Uh, you're going to have the high points and you're going to have the blowout uh, on Matt. And then uh, you put yourself back in the mix um, from third all the way to eighth is separated by one game. Uh, right now, if things stand as they are, both uh, Steve and myself would be at seven and six. Uh, Luke and Vic are in the playoff. Dan, there's four teams. Uh, Jeff, Joe, yourself, and Wilson all at six and seven going into next week. So there's uh, a lot to play for here. Um, as it's uh, right now, I mean, Luke is going to take a second loss for the first time, the first loss in a while, and losing to Wilson. Uh, Vic, I mean, I don't think that, uh, I don't know who uh, Jeff has. He has Jake Browning and T. Higgins. Well, the game is basically over, so he's not going to score anymore, but Jake Browning has had a career night, um, but Vic was able to fade that away, even with no productivity out of no, Terry McLaurin not even playing. Uh, Joe is beating uh, Steve, uh, even with Foye Luikin having seven solo tackles and six um, so assisted tackles there. Uh, yeah, Joe is going to win that. Um, I'm beating Manny's team, even though he has Joe Mixon. So, um, yeah, so that's that's where we're at. Uh, I mean, you had... You had uh, ETN has had uh, run first down. Yeah, he had one rushing touchdown today. It's not been a quiet night for him, but he still was able to produce. Um, obviously, the bigger concern, though, is uh, with with uh, the man, the franchise there, and what is going to come of that with um, Trevor Lawrence. But when it comes to this season, I think before we move on to the the roundup, I think it's been crazy. I've never seen so many quarterback injuries ever. I mean, you have uh, Ayahuasca, Aaron getting injured four plays into the season after all the buildup uh, with, with him and the Jets and everything. You have Anthony Richardson, who was a top five draft pick, and I don't know how many different injuries he had, and he finally, oh man, I don't know who he's throwing that to. That was just for P.I., um, and then, um, yeah, and then you got, what is it, uh, Joe Joe Burrow got hurt. Of course, we're seeing that now with Browning playing today. You have uh, Kirk Cousins got hurt for the year. Um, what is it, Deshaun Watson. Uh, it's it's ridiculous how many uh, quarterbacks Daniel Jones is down for the year. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember everybody that's gotten hurt for the year. I mean, it's it's been a lot of guys. Um, oh, wow. Um, that's, yeah, that's inbounds though. Um, but you know, losing basically, I think a quarter of the league's starting quarterbacks at the start of, uh, week one uh, of the year is, is pretty bad. And I mean, it's, it's football, obviously crap happens, but it's really bad when you see the drop off, um, from the starters to the backup guys. In a lot of these cases, that's part of the reason why it's, I guess, we're protecting quarterbacks because when you go to the next guy, 
Um, oh boy. Oh yeah. Well, that'll help. Um, the, um, that'll help. Um, ETN. Okay. We're not, we're not dead. Okay. At least in this game. Yeah. So ETN, he stayed inbound, stayed inbound. No, he, he's out. He, yeah, he he was out of bounds there, but I was looking at his feet before that on that replay. And so now Jacksonville's in field goal range. Um, the reality is I don't think they would be crazy enough to do something over the top unless it's given to them. Uh, you want to give yourself a chance to kick the field goal at least and go to overtime. Go to overtime. But if but if they can win it outright, I'm I mean I say that, but you don't really want to go to overtime. I don't think. You're... I don't want to go to overtime with these guys. The way we've yeah. been playing tonight has just been. Um, I don't know. Oh. I don't. I don't oh. like it. Oh God. Um, he held on to the ball there. Um, I'm ahead. So we're I'm live casting and I'm ahead by I think thirty well, you, seconds. You, you might you might have YouTube TV or I, I have YouTube TV, but um, it's it's a stream and Bengals Bengals guy got hurt. So. Yeah, so so we're gonna have another uh, delay there. So, um, I mean, basically, as we we move forward, um, I'm gonna go and look at this. So next week in the final week of the regular season, uh, I'll be facing Wilson. So if I if he wins, then he makes the playoffs, and I could still make the playoffs even if I lose. But I don't want to take that chance. You're gonna be playing against Manny. So that's likely a win. Steve is going to be playing against Luke and uh, Steve. Oh, geez. Um, Luke doesn't need to win the game, uh, so he might lay down for Steve. Maybe he won't. Who knows? Jeff is going to be playing uh, Joe. So that's for playoff positioning. And Vic is basically playing the only game, which doesn't matter um, in that he's playing Matt. So um, we all kind of hold our own destiny in our hands Uh, if we can go out there and win then uh we're we can move on if we um shit the bed then you know who knows uh so it's something that we have to see here um moving forward uh we'll move to the um snowball derby move to the gsp roundup mentioned this that uh that ty majeski is one of the best late model drivers there is in the world, uh, or in the world, I mean, in 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 this, uh, in terms of this former racing, and um, he goes and benefits from uh, the wreck between Stephen Nassi and Bubba Pollard, and so he's uh, now a two-time winner of this race. He's won every big uh, late model race, basically you can name. So uh, now a two-time winner of the and he also won the um, cars, or not the cars tour. I forget which uh, ASA. He won the ASA CRA uh, Super Series this year as well. So along with having being a contender in the truck series, um, so credit to him. Former winner uh, of the race. Uh, trying to see who finished second in Majeski. Uh, Gio Ruggiero, who's a uh, Young gun, aggressive driver, has won some big races here over this season. Uh, was finished second. Former, uh, former, 
Snowball Derby winner Travis Braden finished third, Cole Butcher fourth, Matt Craig finished fifth. Um, if you if you're watching or listening or whatever, seeing it on, uh, you probably are following Matt Weaver's coverage, and he had blow by blow coverage of that uh, for sure. Um, that's a kick there, yeah. So big one strikes in his yeah. So on the phone adjustment. Uh, Unofficial results to win more than, yeah. So Ty Majeski is the 12th driver to win multiple snowball derbies. Reach Beagle as a five-time winner, uh, most all-time. And then two-time winners, Augie Grill, Bobby Gill, Clyde, uh, Dickie Davis, that's a great name, Eric Jones, that Jones boy, Freddie Fryer, Gary Ballou, Gary St. Amant, uh, Kyle Bush, and... Wayne Niedekin. All right. So so that's uh, a illustrious list there. Um, Nassie finished sixth. Griffith, Luke Fenhouse, eighth. Jacob Gomez, ninth. And William Sawalich uh, rounds out the top ten. Other notables, Caden Quapple, 13th. Johnny Sauter, 14th. Uh, I probably should know some of those other guys. Uh, Bubba Pollard finished 19th. William Byron, 22nd, Noah Gagson, 23rd, Trayton Lapsovich, 24th, Derek Thorne, 26th, Hunter Robbins, 28th, Eric Jones, 29th, Ryan Priest, 31st, driving for KHI, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, those are some of the notables there in the Snowball Derby. In the, um, no, I'll miss, yeah, in the, um, Cup Series, of course, Ryan, they had the the awards banquet for all of NASCAR's three major series. Uh, we heard uh, we've got news in terms of spotters. Ryan Blaney will, uh, after having uh, Josh Williams for his whole Cup career, he will uh, now have Tim Fidua as his uh, spotter, the longtime uh, spotter for Kevin Harvick and former Bush Series driver, uh, Fidoa and ASA driver Tim Fidoa will work with uh, uh, Blaney, the defending series champion, uh, starting next year. Um, Eddie DeHaunt retires from spotting, and he and Clyde will have a new spotter as well. Uh, you got, and Josh Williams, it looks like, is going to move over to uh, Zane Smith. So, um, Doug Ducart, a former Hendrick Motorsports uh, guy, uh, has now moved over, and he's been with Ganassi for a while. Now he's going to move over as a president, become the president of Aspire Motorsports. Um, so that'll be something to see what happens with that, with their expansion into with multiple truck teams. Three truck teams are going to be having three cup teams next year. So a lot going on there with Aspire. Uh, um, I, Iowa, the cup race will be at Iowa, will be the Iowa Corn 350. Um, Petty, 75 years uh, being involved in NASCAR. Uh, Jeff Hensley, after being Grand and Fingers crew chief, uh, will move over to Tricon for, to, to work with Taylor Gray in his first full-time season in the truck series. So that's something uh we got yeah we got so many other um i see some other news uh, i see stuff on motorsport if there's anything of great significance not really 
Um, trying to move over to going NHRA. I haven't went on there in a while. Um, Elite Motorsports announces, yeah, so full-time return of Jed Coughlin Jr., Bo Butner's transition to Mountain Motor Pro Stock, and okay, so so Ender's six after winning her sixth championship. Uh, clarified, yeah. While team is making some changes in a few areas, they also know better. Uh, Ender's continued part. Well, our teammate Troy Coughlin Jr. sit behind the wheel of Jags. Oh, White Castle's pondering it. Though Bo Butner say to be one member to go around Marspar. Other will be named Butner, also transition director of team development. Interesting. And then a uh, new position. Uh, Aaron Stanfield will will move over into the full on into the um, elite team. Janik Brothers and this is crazy couple. Yeah. From winning pro sock, uh, yeah, having Johnson value, yeah. So, and then Jed Coughlin Jr. Uh, will will join, uh, will come back full time. So they're going to be a what is it, a three car organization, three car, four car team. So he's going to be running with his nephew, Skag Power Equipment, which uh, they run uh, uh, with the uh, I think uh, Tim Wilkerson and Tony Schumacher. So. Uh, that's going to be a uh, really tough team there. And then Jerry Tucker uh, will run, it looks like. So he's going to you know, so he's gonna run a full season. So there you go. Uh, Four-car effort and Corral, Christian, uh, so Quadras. And then so they're also connected to the elite team as well. So that's their uh, Cruise Pentagon uh, continues to have Snap-on as a sponsor for uh, three-year, uh, three-year extension there. Uh, we got TV. They're gonna have John Medlin. He's got John Medlin, uh, coming over to the fold. Uh, and whoever Jason Bunker is. Uh, Tony Stewart with focused on twenty-four with Indy Test. Johnny Lindbergh. Oh, so former driver Johnny Lindbergh will be uh, the crew chief for the Paul Lee. Uh, funny car team so there you go and uh the extreme as uh saw he had some moto gp whatever uh, there's some news i mean in terms of the rolex 24 uh there was um we got some of the driver pairings listed there dane cameron comes back to race in imsa after spending last couple of years in the world endurance championship or at least last year he'll be uh coming back to race for uh uh penske porsche in the imsa series so that'll be uh cool to see if he can win for a third different manufacturer uh rossberg um rossberg uh racing won the championship by 11 points over uh, Layla Sands and Matthias Ekstrom, the Aconia Signs XE team, and then Molly Taylor and Kevin Hansen of the Veloce team finished third, defending series champions, uh, um, X44, Lewis Hamilton's team, Christina Gutierrez and Fraser McConnell uh, finished fourth, and then the Ganassi team, Amanda Sorensen and uh, uh, Anderson finished fifth. In uh, round nine, in the uh, first of two races in the Copper X-Pri, trying to race calendar, race results. 
don't give me that. So race results. Eat, uh, uh, our Rossberg team won the main, the grand final over the science team. Um, uh, then, uh, X44, McLaren and Veloce. And, uh, in round 10, the last race of the series of this season, the race results, the website is not great. Um, we'll get, yeah, the grand final here. Veloce wins over the Rossberg team. X44 finishes thirds. The science team fourth and McLaren fifth to finish the uh, Extreme series for 2023. Um, yeah, we'll get more into some of the other things going on, MotoGP and uh, IMSA and the like next week on episode 199 of the GSP. Uh, Josh, uh, what's going on in the world of iRacing and uh, gaming here on uh, the Sim segment? Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, working on Pocono in the 87 car this week. Uh, that was, the past week has been pretty good. Ran top five most of it. Uh, there was one where I was in second with a handful of laps to go and uh, just completely lost it off of turn three, what turn four, um, and slammed into the pit barrier. No caution, though, so nothing came out. But Calvin Ridley is him, but it's going to be a penalty probably coming back on on holding, but I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll see. Yep, holding. Oh, my Lord. Uh, there. So, um um yeah so there's been yeah there's been that uh mostly focusing on the 87 car did a little bit of gen 4 cup at homestead uh but didn't really fare too well there because uh what ended up happening is the server iRacing servers crash uh on there so i ended up just like i got kicked out of the race twice and then i was like okay i'm just gonna forfeit here and take the l uh because it it you know wasn't worth it to compete multiple laps down and the server possibly kicked me out of the game. So I, I was like, I'm not going to deal with that. So I got out of there and mostly just focused on Pocono, enjoyed it, you know, really like Pocono. It's one of my, you know, favorite tracks and everything. So, um, you know, definitely a good, good result, uh, there throughout the weekend in Pocono, but, uh, um, I racing season one coming out here, uh, uh, very soon, I think, yeah, tomorrow on the fifth. So season one of 2024 begins tomorrow. So, um, exciting schedule of races should we get leveled up here in uh a a class and b class for uh uh oval and and road so good there um and then of course uh you know uh got the rain update which they said is going to get delayed and uh for a little bit longer so possibly a, a later update so you know look out look out for that uh soon i mean not too worried not too worried about it to be honest not too worried uh that uh, the rain update's going to get delayed. I'd rather it, you know, be smoothed out and everything and rather than rushed and unfinished. So, you know, like other racing games that we've seen released in the last couple of years, like, uh, cough, cough, uh, NASCAR ignition 21. So, uh, shout out to motorsport games, which basically is out of business at this point and, uh, hopefully never, never see them again. But, um, you know, I racing, uh, they, they, they do a good job. So, Look out for the rain update soon. So, 
Uh, that's yeah, that's all I got this week for the sim segment. Of course, pins and needles here, Jacksonville in overtime, uh, and they had to punt um, and uh, 31 to 31 here with four less than five minutes left uh, in overtime. Yeah. So, um, oh man. Um, I mean, that third had made that big play to uh, Calvin Ridley, but it got called back. And then the next play was a cluster. Um, so they ended up, I didn't know where Cincinnati, I didn't see Cincinnati's first possession, I guess. No, the Jaguars had the ball to start so, out so, with. So because they didn't score, then next score yeah. wins anyways. Uh, one for, man, Jamar Chase having a big night, 10 for 141. Um, Browning running for his little, yeah. Okay, so uh, that is just, so we're just going and waiting here. Um, Josh, where can we find you on the socials? Yeah, as always, of course, uh, find me uh, on Twitter, JP Huffine, uh, and uh, you know, go on there and see what I have to say. Uh, streams, you know, so hopefully season one, iRacing be a little bit more active on there uh, at uh, UC Sailor 2. And then, of course, our show, uh, which we'll have the show up this week uh, at uh, or at Grip Street Podcast on YouTube. Go on there, like, comment, and subscribe to our video. Sure, this one will be a good one with our live reaction to this football game here. So, uh, yeah, go on there and watch our stuff. Yeah, and then you can find find us at Grip Street Pod on, on Twitter and you can find me PG Matthew 28 on Twitter, Philip G Matthew 28 on Instagram. You can find the uh, Gripshire podcast, of course, on our YouTube page. And also through, I think my YouTube page, there's a, at least the audio gets fed out to that. Um, then there's also my blog site, philipgmatthew.com. You can find the show on there. Um, yeah, definitely the, the highs and lows of what, this game was you'll hear on this show oh my god um then um then we'll uh be back next week for episode 199 gotta figure out what we're gonna talk about next week i'm curious um in terms of we went over nascar we did indycar and we did formula one so um kind of have to figure out what we'll talk about we'll talk about football that's for sure talk about the playoffs uh, and we'll see what else is going on in the world of motorsports. Maybe do some uh, IMSA discussion or whatever. So uh, we'll get in all that. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening to the Grip Strip Podcast, and we'll see you next time.